0: Welcome to ABC, Abigaveni Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What is this calling? Well, firstly, the you in that verse is referring to the whole church. Paul is not talking about an individual's personal calling, but what is the whole church being called to be? And what has the church called to be? Well, that's what Paul has been talking about in the last two chapters, in chapter 2 and chapter 3. Essentially, the church is a community that has been reconciled to God, and a community that has been reconciled to one another because of what Jesus has done for us. Through Jesus' death, Jesus has dealt with our sin that separated us from God, and Jesus has destroyed the dividing wall that separated us from one another, especially Jews from non-Jews. And Jesus has created one new body, one new humanity, the church, which is at peace with one another and at peace with God. And through Jesus, we can experience unity and access to the Father by the Holy Spirit. This is who we are. And the purpose of the church is described in uh, chapter 3 in verse 10, where it says, Paul writes, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realm. The church is God's small scale model that shows everyone how God is going to bring peace and reconciliation. ...to the whole cosmos. And when the church is truly being the church... ...when the church is at peace with one another... ...and at peace with God... ...when we have Palestinian Christians... ...and Israeli Christians worshipping together... ...when we have black Christians... ...and white Christians in South Africa... worshiping together... ...it displays God's manifold wisdom... ...and it's a powerful witness against all forms of evil, especially those in the heavenly realms. This is our calling as the church. Now, Paul phrases it in a slightly different way in chapter 4, where we read in verse 13, he says, Until we all, that's the whole church, until we all reach unity in faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Our calling is to grow in our faith and in our knowledge of Jesus. This is not merely knowing more and more about Jesus, more facts about Jesus. This is not merely growing in our theology. This is actually knowing Jesus personally and experientially. Growing in our faith. Growing in our knowledge of Jesus. And our goal is to become mature. To attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Simply put, to become completely like Jesus. Now, we will never attain that within our lifetime. Therefore, as a community, we are always a community that is learning and growing. We are always growing in our faith, and we are always growing in our knowledge of Jesus. We are always becoming more and more like Jesus. That is our goal. Therefore, that's what's really important. And that is what is essential, is that we are always learning, always growing. Of course, one day, when Jesus returns, and the whole cosmos is restored, then we will be just like Jesus, and we will know Jesus face to face. This is our calling. And Paul is urging us to live up to this very high calling. But how? How do we live up to this calling? Paul makes three suggestions. Firstly, we need to maintain the unity. Paul says in verse 3, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Firstly, there is an essential unity within the church through the Holy Spirit and through the bond of peace. Now the bond of peace is referring to Jesus' work on the cross that has brought peace between us and peace between us and God. So there is an essential unity within the universal church. Paul goes on to explain that in verse 4. He says, there is one body, one universal church, and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So all Christians and all churches are in unity because we share the very same Holy Spirit dwelling within us. All Christians and all churches are in unity because we share the same hope, the same faith, the same baptism in the same Lord, Jesus. There is only one God and Father of all, therefore there is only one Christian family, one church. Now, of course, there are many local churches and many different denominations. When Paul was writing this letter, he was writing a circular letter to a number of local churches in and around Ephesus. But all churches, share an essential unity within the universal church, in the Holy Spirit, and in our common faith in Jesus. Of course, there are differences between the churches, but they are minor differences in comparison with where we find our unity. Our unity is in the essential things of sharing the same Holy Spirit and having the same common faith in Jesus. And that's why we as a church are part of the churches together and close encounters within Abergavenny, because it's our way of showing our essential unity. But unfortunately, as we're all aware, is that too often churches haven't lived up to this very high calling. Too often, churches have allowed division to emerge within their local congregation and have allowed divisions to emerge between churches. And that is why Paul writes to us and says, he urges us to maintain the unity. How do we maintain the unity, practically speaking? Paul writes in verse 2, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. There will be people in the church who will rub you up the wrong way. There will be tensions from time to time within the church. There will be disagreements. And it's in those times when you have a disagreement with someone, you first need to be humble. You need to be prepared to admit that you might be wrong. You need to be prepared to learn from the other person. You need to be humble. Secondly, you need to be gentle. When you believe that someone else has made a mistake and you want to correct them, Be gentle. Paul writes in verse 15, Speak the truth in love. When you want to bring a correction, make sure you are doing it in the spirit of love and gentleness. Thirdly, be patient and bear with one another in love. There will be times when you can't find immediate solution to the problem. There will be times when you'll just have to agree to disagree. And there will be other times when you will be wronged. Someone will have wronged you and offended you. Then, you need to be patient and bear with one another in love. Just as God was patient with you and forgave you and loved you. So when you find yourself in a situation where there is a tension between you and someone else within the church and this will happen from time to time, then you need to put these steps into practice. You need to actively maintain The unity. It's your responsibility to maintain the unity. Secondly, we need to recognize our diversity. Paul writes in verse 7, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now that's quite a contrast to what Paul has been saying up until this point. He's just said we all share the same spirit. We all have the same faith in the same Jesus. We all worship the same God. We're all in the same boat, so to speak. Now he says, but, but, to each one of us. There is a diversity within the church to the churches that Paul was writing to, there was a real diversity of cultures. There was the Greek culture and the Jewish culture. Within our church, there's a rich variety uh, and a diversity of different cultures, different nationalities, different backgrounds, different personalities. The issue that Paul is focusing on here is gifts, gifting. The word grace, within that context, is referring to God's gracious gifts. And Jesus gives gifts to everyone, to each of us. But they are different gifts. And as a result, there is a rich and a, a, an exciting diversity within the church. You see, unity doesn't mean uniformity it doesn't mean that every single Christian is going to be an exact replica of every other Christian. As if we're mass-produced in the celestial factory somewhere. Becoming more and more like Jesus doesn't mean we all become the same. It means that each person becomes the unique individual that God has originally created you to be. And as a result, there is a a very exciting and rich diversity within the church of different cultures and nationalities, different backgrounds, different personalities, and different giftings. Thirdly, we need to acknowledge our roles. Verse 7 again says, but to each one of us, to each one of us, grace has been given. You see, every single member has been gifted for ministry. We believe that every member is a minister. Now, Paul goes on in verses 8 through to 10. He describes how God came to us in Jesus, how He died for us, and then how through His resurrection from the dead and ascension to heaven, Jesus conquered death and sin and evil that had held us captive. And now that Jesus is in heaven, He hasn't abandoned us, but He is present with us by His Holy Spirit, and He is giving gifts to us. Good gifts. Then we read in verse 11. It was He, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. So although every single one of us has been gifted for ministry, only some have been gifted for leadership. The apostles and the prophets were essentially the, the, the twelve disciples of Jesus and others who had witnessed the resurrection. And it's their testimony and teaching that is the foundation of the church. You can read about that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. And their teaching and testimony is essentially recorded for us in the New Testament. The evangelists are those who are like the missionaries and the church planters, who take the testimony and the witness of the apostles and the prophets and share it with non-Christians and plant churches. Examples of that would be Philip in Acts chapter 21, or Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And then you have the pastors and teachers. They are the leaders of the local church, who teach the local church the the testimony and the witness of the apostles and the prophets, and who have the responsibility for the spiritual well-being of the church. And within our church, that is a responsibility that is shared with me and the the deacons. We have the responsibility for overseeing the spiritual well-being of the church. I have the unique responsibility Of the teaching ministry within the church. So it's a shared leadership. But the question is, why does Jesus give gifts of leadership to some? The answer is found in verse 12, where it says, to prepare God's people, that's you, for works of service ministry. The leadership's role is to equip you, to help enable you to discover your own God-given gifts, and to release you to use those gifts for the benefit of the whole church. We all have gifts. We all have a role to play, and the church needs every member to be playing their part. Some are gifted musicians. Some are gifted at organizing things. Some are gifted at IT. Some are gifted with working with children. Some are gifted at catering. Some are gifted at visiting the sick and and those who are housebound. Some are good at sharing their faith and encouraging others in their faith. Some are good at listening and praying with other people. Some are good at social justice issues, and so on and so on. The list goes on. Ah, and the deacons can't do everything. We need each other. We need everyone to be playing their part, to be using their gifts for the benefit of the whole church, to enable the church to grow and move forward. That's why Paul ends in verse 16. He says, From Him, from Jesus, the whole body, that's the church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We all have a role to play. So what are your gifts? What are you good at? How can you contribute to the well-being and the growth of the church? On a personal note, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to be your pastor. Because there is a real sense of unity within the church. And every member is actively involved in the ministry of the church. And that makes all the difference. We're not a big church. We don't have a multitude of ministries. But we are growing. We are learning and growing in our faith and in our knowledge of Jesus. We are maturing. We are becoming more and more like Jesus as individuals and as a community. But we mustn't rest on our laurels. We need to ensure that we always maintain the unity. Unity doesn't mean everyone's going to get on well and and be the, the same. Unity doesn't mean that there won't be people that will rub you up the wrong way. There will be. Maintaining the unity is essential. For when that happens, we need to follow those steps listed earlier to ensure that we always maintain our unity. And we also, if we're going to grow as a church, it's going to become absolutely vital That everyone discovers their God-given gifts, what you're good at, and starts using that to contribute to the benefit and the well-being of the whole church. And we as a leadership are committed to helping you to discover your gifts and to release you in your gifting so the church can mature, so the church can grow so that we can live up to our very high calling. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have loved us so much, that you have called us into a relationship with you that you have a a wonderful plan and purpose for us as a church to display your wisdom to the whole world, to the whole universe, to share your love and grace with everyone. So, Father, we pray that you would help us by your Holy Spirit, to grow, to learn, to know You better and better, to deepen our relationship with You. And through that relationship, Father, we pray that You would transform us and change us to become more and more like Jesus, to become the people You have created us to be. Father, we pray that You would help us to maintain the unity, help us to be active in ensuring that we always maintain the unity. Help us to have that spirit of humility when we have a disagreement. Help us to have that spirit of gentleness and patience, bearing with each other in love. And Father, we pray too, that you would help us to discover our role, what we can contribute to help the well-being of the whole church. So we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.